Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Miles Stevens will be by in just about 30 minutes. Uh, a little time with uh, Davy Trees, Talking Trees, Storm Prevention, getting ready for your trees to protect them for the summer months. But right now, it's just time for you and Doug to get on the phones and spend a little time talking about your garden. Tips, tricks, and mores. And obviously, the spring planting season is now headed towards May, and it won't be long before we'll be in full bloom. So get going, 866-391-1020. You know, I just don't know where it all comes from sometimes. It's just I start talking, and it just all seems to work, does it not, Doug? I, I zoned out it was going <laughs> so good <laughs> <laughs> anyway listen we want you to call in also and be the 10th caller at 412-922-1020 you might win a 25 dollars gift certificate from the good folks at sorgles well you have a lot to get to today yeah i got a lot going on and what a, it's a perfect day to talk about uh, preparing for summer storms with the weather that's coming and as i was driving in there was a beautiful sunrise and then as i was sitting at the intersection i had to drive around the city today because of the marathon once a year that's okay it's a great yeah. event oh definitely and uh, I was sitting at the intersection after the rain, and for the first time, I smelled the the smell of like summer rain, you know, mm-hmm. May first, and just that smell, you know, there's just nothing like it. So we're on our way, and uh, lots of questions about what to do with wild violets in the lawn. What about dandelions? What do you do? <laughs> because I just leave them there, <laughs> you know. Wild violets are, are uh, a host plant for a. a, a butterfly little little purple butterfly and they are so beautiful and it's part of what we call a quilted lawn uh, dandelions provide pollen and nectar for bees early in the season so they're also a good thing but dealing with other weeds uh, how do we do it in the garden how do we do it organically uh, how do we do how do we have an organic lawn because I've been talking to a lot of people also about about making that transition getting an organic lawn and I always tell people it's about getting the grass to be happy. And so it's a little easier with a vegetable garden to make it happy. We, we cut them up into beds and add compost to those beds. But when you have 5,000, 10,000, 25,000 square feet of soil to make happy, uh, it's a little bit more difficult. And so the number one thing you can do, if you're struggling with your lawn and you don't want to use a bunch of chemicals, if you want to look at a good one that doesn't use chemicals, look at the front of Phipps. Uh, they don't use any chemicals at all, and they have what we call quilted lawn, different grasses, different green things in there, and it looks great. But the first thing to do is get a soil test. And we talk about this all the time. The Penn State Cooperative Extension in your county will sell you a test for $9, and now you can figure out what your pH and your fertility is. And with those two scientific numbers telling you a 
everything you need to know about that dirt. You can improve that dirt. It doesn't happen overnight. But improving that soil and getting that pH right will go a long way for you to have a great lawn. You know, there's all sorts of little things. There's reseeding. There, there's, again, you know, keeping it long, three and a half inches to shade out the weeds. And, again, getting the pH right means the grass is going to outgrow most pests, I mean, most weeds. And that's what we want it to do. When when that grass is happy, it will outgrow anything. That, you know, I, I always say that that's why it reaches into our flower gardens, reaches into our vegetable gardens, is looking for that good soil that we grow our other, other plants in. So if we keep that plant, that grass happy, then it's going to outgrow most things. And that's what I do. And I don't care about other things in my grass. But then I don't live in an, a neighborhood where the culture is all about your lawn, you know, and if it is, and and you can't have weeds in your lawn, by improving that soil, by getting it right, and and, and feeding that grass to outgrow the weeds, you can do it. Uh, let's see, what else to talk about today? Oh, I got, uh, we're into, a, boy, I don't know how many weeks now, six, seven weeks of my organic virtual classes online. We're talking gardening, and we're having a lot of fun. People from all over the country are, are joining in. You just do it from your laptop or or your computer at home. And it's absolutely free. And this week we're talking about gardening with kids. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love having kids in the garden. I always tell the story about whenever I get a little kid in the garden. I And I had one uh, a few weeks ago, which was just uh, so much fun. And lots of things to try and t- taste. And for kids, I always tell them, if you don't like it, spit it out. And that takes all the pressure off. And I can get them to eat all sorts of stuff, even dandelion greens. I don't tell them they're dandelion greens until afterwards, but we have a lot of fun in the garden. So this Thursday, 5 p.m., I'll do a free virtual class. You don't have to be there at 5 o'clock. That's when we have an interactive class, but it you can watch it later. And there's a very special plant sale going on next Saturday. It's a place that I do a lot of work with called Angora Gardens in White Oak, and I've been doing stories there and working with them for many, many years. It is a beautiful community center that that serves White Oak and serves lots of people with disabilities also, uh, but the community in general. And the plant sale is one of the ways that they raise money. And uh, Bob Stone, who runs the greenhouse, grows all sorts of crazy stuff. We're talking annuals, perennials, herbs, vegetables and of course i go right to that tomato list and it's the only place you're ever going to find clint eastwood rowdy red tomatoes that's the tomato i gave away a few years ago at the home show and people loved it it's a little like two ounce tomato but just packed with flavor it's got another one called atomic grape and just look up atomic grape you won't believe what this thing looks like it's a little uh, medium-sized cherry tomato just with amazing colors. Mortgage lifter tomato. That's the tomato that guy grew in West Virginia back in the 30s, and he had a radiator shop. And when he crossed four of his favorite big tomatoes, he came up with mortgage lifter, sold them for a buck a piece in the 40s, and paid off the house. <laughs> Cure de boo. Uh, that's, uh, that's a bad Italian accent there. <laughs> it's a big ox heart. Uh, and then Hungarian Heart is another huge, uh, beautiful, meaty uh, ox heart tomato. All the information for Angora Gardens plant sale next Saturday, 10 
to 2 p.m. It's all at DougOster.com, along with information about the the class. And I'm so excited to get started in the garden. Uh, like I said, just sitting at the intersection today and smelling the rain. Uh, we look at rain a lot differently than normal people do as gardeners. And uh, a, a good soaking today is going to go a long way to making the garden happy. It's been cool enough where the daffs have, have stayed around, which is just uh, something I love more than anything. Daffodil season is the greatest. Probably one more chance to see Joe Ham's daffodil gardens down in Washington. It's the greatest collection of blooming daffodils, and, and the late ones will be left blooming. All that information also is DougOster.com. How are we doing on time there, Rob? We got a couple of minutes? One minute. Okay, good. What are we going to talk about then? <laughs> well, we can talk about what you're doing as far as your traveling. What's the latest as far as the next Oh, trip? I do. do have a couple seats left. Good. Uh, thanks for bringing that up, Rob. I do have a couple seats left. I'm going to London in about a month. And uh, seriously, only two seats left. And we're going to see the Chelsea Flower Show, Sissonhurst Castle, Kew Gardens. Then we're going to Amsterdam. We're seeing this thing called... Floriad, which only happens every 10 years. And I love traveling. I love traveling with, with fellow gardeners. And Chelsea Flower Show is the Super Bowl of flower shows. But we're going to do a food tour of Amsterdam, see all these other gardens. It's going to be awesome. Uh, again, all that information is at DougOster.com. And I hope you're out there gardening. hope you're out there planting stuff. We'll talk about it as we get going here with callers. But too early for for the warm stuff still, for the peppers and tomatoes. But we'll... We'll talk about some of the things that we'll be planting here soon. Coming up after the new uh, the sports update and the news, of course, bottom of the hour, Davy Tree will be here. But after the uh, sports update, we're going to get to your phone call. So call us, 866-391-1020, DougOster.com. The Organic Gardener is on the air at KDK Radio. You know the old saying, early bird gets the worm. We've got some lines available here in the early part of the program. So if you have a question for Doug, you need to call us right now. This is gardening season. This is the busy time of year. So grab one of these available lines at 866-391-1020. Ron, you're on the air with Doug at KDK. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Really good. Had What's on your mind? Had a question, Doug. Uh, when is the ideal time to prune back a rhododendron? Um, is it after they bloom? or Yeah. Uh, so, so with plants like rhododendrons... Azaleas, uh, spring bloomers, many spring bloomers in general, is right after they bloom. In the case of rhododendron, as soon as it's done blooming, within weeks, it's going to start putting new buds on. So we have to catch it right at the right time. And you do have to be careful with pruning. You don't want to, you know, destroy that shrub. You want to take no more than one-third of the plant away when you're doing it and do it carefully by watching, taking a cut here, taking a cut there. But timing is critical because you don't, you know, you don't want that plant putting on buds and then you cut them off. You're cutting off next year's flowers. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So it's approximately a third, uh, no more than a third to prune back. Now, will, will it recover next year or will it take several years to? No, it'll, uh, it'll recover. It'll recover next year. Uh, it'll put buds on. The thing I would recommend is after you're done with your pruning, uh, feed that thing Hollytone. Hollytone is an organic fertilizer, easy to find, find, been around since the 1930s. And application rates are on the bag. You never want to use too much fertilizer because the plant can't use it. It just ends up going in, into the stormwater uh, area. And yeah. so you just 
make sure you're using the right amount. But get, yeah, do your pruning as soon as it's done blooming. I mean, right away, and then add your holly tone, and it'll all come back. It'll be good to go, especially a mature plant. Okay, great. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Doug. Thank you. Timeline right now. May is a big month, is it? Not? Oh, no doubt. You know, and as I said. We get to this weather, and people want to put in tomatoes and peppers and and beans. I have one of the questions I, I wanted to uh, address today. I've got some questions that come, you know, uh, through through my website, and Mary want to know: Can I plant beans now? Said, no, it's too early. And it, even though it seems nice today, you know, last year we had snow the first week of May, you know, and sometimes you have a frost as late as May twentieth. You might not get it. But we have to stay on the safe side. Now, one thing that I did want to talk about was that I like to push the season, but only with a couple plants. You know, I'm not going to risk my entire crop of tomatoes and peppers or whatever it might be, something that's tender. But I do love to, and I learned this actually from Janoski's. I was out one day years and years ago and I and get, getting a tour of the fields. And I said, well, what's under those? Floating row covers, and it was April. And the answer was tomatoes. I said, in April? He goes, yeah, we've got them double row covered. That's not their whole crop. That's just that early crop, you know, if you want the earliest tomato. And so that's what I'll do now. I'll put one or two tomatoes in. I'll have them under protection. I've been warming up the soil with uh, landscape fabric. But let's say that you, you want to start a little early. That warming up the soil is important uh you you they peppers and tomatoes they they love warm soil even may 20th is too early but it's just kind of a fun experiment to add uh you know add plants in there tom you're on kdk with doug oster if you'd like to join us folks 866-391-1020 mouse stevens davy trees talking trees within 15 minutes hey tom how are you okay um i had a question about watercress um I thought I had planted it a few years ago, but apparently I didn't. It was something else. But anyway, so I looked it up, and in the book I was looking at, it said that to get watercress, because I looked for seeds and I couldn't find any, and it implied that you go to your local stream and you pull out some watercress. Uh, you you never want to do that. Yeah, I, well, I, 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 that didn't appeal to me. <laughs> But then it also suggested you go to the grocery store and buy some watercress and then just plant it in your garden. Well, the way I, the way I do it is from seed. You might, might not be able to find seeds locally yeah. at your local nursery, but there's lots of places online that will have seeds for right. uh, for watercress. You know, Johnny's Selected Seeds is one. Yeah. And and it's and growing cress is pretty easy to tell you the truth. Uh, right. Some of them are perennial, but just barely in our area. Right. Uh, and you know it's just about. Uh, I grow lots of different. There's different types of cress. Watercress is one of the cresses. <laughs> right. Uh, but find yourself some seed. It's a good spring crop. Uh, you know, hence the name watercress. It needs right. it needs water. Right. You know, to keep it going. But well, is, is, is I, I found some seeds for a thing called garden cress. Is that basically the same thing? It's it's or a variety or it's something? yes, it's a different variety. And and so a cress a cress is basically just a a, a gourmet salad green is what it I is. See. And okay. uh, 
it doesn't have to technically be watercress, but garden cress, you'll you'll enjoy growing it. It's easy to grow uh, and tasty. And a lot of times we use them uh, as greens for sandwiches and stuff like right. that. It has kind of a has a it's a unique flavor that's uh, it's just a mild, unique green that's right. easy to grow, fun to grow. Uh, so give it a shot, and just make sure you don't let it dry out. They love, love love water. Hey, Ken, you're on the air with Doug Oster, KDKA, the organic gardener. How are you, Ken? Hey, how are you? Good morning, guys. What's going on? Hey, I got a, I got a um, dogwood tree probably about three years ago, and it's probably about five foot tall right now. Now I got some green shoots coming out of the base. I was wondering if I should cut them off or just let them go. Yeah, I would probably remove those. Those are... Uh... I don't remember what they call them. If it's suckers or if it's, we'll like ask. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll ask uh, Miles. See what he says. Okay. What they're called, but yeah, in, in general, it's a good idea just to trim those off at the ground. Let the tree do its thing, uh, and and just watch it watch its shape from the top. Okay. You know, three years old. There's not going to be anything you're going to be doing with it. Is it has it started right. to to put on buds and bloom yet, or oh, is it yeah. too young? Yeah, it's starting to leaf right now. Oh, that's leaf. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good, but all of a sudden these uh, shoots probably now are about three foot tall, and I said I better talk to you. Yeah, yeah, just just remove them, cut them back, cut them back to the ground. All right, thank you very much. All right, thank you. All right, coming up, Davy Trees, right, Doug? That's right. We're going to talk about storm preparation, which is important, especially with the weather coming up today. But just for the summer storm preparation. Miles is going to talk all about the different things we do for our trees to be sure that they're they're safe when we get here. You know, I've had. The guys from Davy come over at least two times a year just to be sure that in this oak forest that everything's okay. And every every time they're they're saying, "Uh oh, that's that, that's that." I've got a tree that's got to go by the garage, so it's it's always good to have a professional come and take a look at your at your trees and landscape. All right, Miles will be here in just a couple of moments, and a little bit more of an opportunity to talk trees, talk gardening with Doug before the hour is up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Rob Pratt Sunday. Rob Taylor just minutes away with that news on this Marathon Sunday in the city of Pittsburgh, and then we're going to get right back to Doug and more of your questions on the Organic Gardener on KDKA. Good morning. And this morning, we're joined by Miles Stevens talking about summer storm damage. Good morning, Miles. How are you? Good, Doug. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How's the season been so far for you guys? Uh, up and down. I think like for everybody else, you get a couple of nice days, a couple of cold days, a couple of warm days, a few rainy days. So uh, Sounds like spring. Forth, I guess. What's that? Sounds like spring. Yep, exactly. It's just the way it always is. Nothing consistent and uh, just up and down. And But, you know, we're slowly on the upwards trend, so it's all good. So so what are you thinking when we're getting uh, our trees ready for a possible summer storm like today? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to take a look at them ahead of time if you can. You know, obviously look for structural type issues, uh, you know, uh, the cracked, broken limbs, hanging limbs. Also, just overall structure may be in line with, uh, you know, maybe you've had some prior damage and want to shore up the tree, maybe some uh, cables, uh, that type of work, or just some maintenance pruning. Uh, but uh, definitely take a look and see what we're in, you know, how the tree is going to be able to handle storms this year. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about cabling and bracing. How often does that happen, and how does that work? Uh, it happens. We do it fairly often. You know, we'll, we'll go in. The idea is that... Um, you maybe have some weak crotches within the trees. So you want to support them, or you want to, you know, sort of uh, put like a box system, make almost like a square. And the idea is to, to sort of hold the, uh, the crown together. So when you get some winds or whatever, you just don't have an individual stem just sort of whipping around. You sort of shore them up uh, with bracing or bolts. 
We actually have trees that say a two-stem tree, and you get what's called a V-crotch, which is very narrow, a lot of included bark, so it's going to be a natural weak point. We'll actually draw all the way through and put bolts in the tree to shore that up with all the couple cables, and uh, that'll do a great job of holding that all together. Um, but uh, it, it, all in all, we use like extra high-strength ca- cable and uh, a five-eighths or seven-eighths wood rod to do this type of work, but it, uh, it does a great job. And what about lightning protection? I've heard a little bit about it, but I don't have any lightning protection on my big oak trees, and they're way over the house. Should I? Well, that's a, that's sort of an individual type decision. If you have a tree that you really consider a, a real specimen tree, and it's in a situation where it's going to be a uh, higher potential for lightning strike, it's worthwhile considering. Uh, it's not inexpensive to do because you're using all uh, 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 copper cable and lags and everything so needless to say that's not inexpensive but actually does a does a great job if you have a you know situation we've had that potential or have had strikes before uh it does do a great job Uh, one of the things we do we put lighting protection we'll put like a little circuit breaker you know fuse on the tree and then we can tell you know you go back and check you tell if actually this lighting has struck and uh it'll kick that off and put a new little fuse in there but it works works pretty good i mean because Lightning, electricity likes to follow the path of least resistance, so you can have that strike. You'll never notice anything wrong with the tree when you've had that installed. And since we are in spring planting season, if I'm thinking about adding <laughs> trees, do I consider how they react to to a storm? Are there certain things I shouldn't plant? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, one tree now that's going on to the uh, invasive species is uh, the flowering pear, and I mean those are always one of the worst trees I could ever think of. That is, they mature highly susceptible to uh, storm damage. I mean, otherwise, you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to pick out a specific tree that uh, is more prone to. I, I think one of the things we've got into, we've seen in the past, where trees are improperly pruned and topped and that type of oh, thing, okay. then they put up those sprouty branches. They're a lot more susceptible. The storm damage, but I mean, if you do proper pruning, maintain the trees. I'm not going to say there's some trees are really a terrible tree you shouldn't put in your property. But I always pears always come to mind because no matter what you do, they were going to probably split at some point in time. Yeah, what is it about those pear trees? I was at a property the other day, and I'm telling you, underneath that pear tree, there were thousands of little pear trees coming up. But what is it about uh, the what is it about the way that they grow? that makes them so susceptible to cracking? Right. They usually have multiple stems. And I was talking before about very narrow crotches, V crotches, uh, where those stems come out. So very narrow. It tends not to be a, really any holding wood in between the individual stems. And so what happens is as they mature and get more and more weight on there, it puts more and more load. And then at some point in time, it just becomes so much that the uh, decay, a little bit of decay might uh, sneak in there where those crotches are, and then they just split out. But, very narrow crotches, multi-stem, and this one of the situations with them. It's you know you get a, some other trees may have two or three stems. You can you know you can put cabling, you do some bracing there to sort of make them stable. Pears will be so many stems. It's just not really a good practical way to do it. So they just they'll just eventually split out. They can be very pretty in the spring, but just they're one of those trees. Uh, 15, 20 years and past that, you're probably not going to get a whole lot out. They'll they'll suffer some damage somewhere along the road. Should not be planted, that's for sure. Yet I see them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're actually uh, Pennsylvania. They're they're considered invasive species now. You're not supposed to plant. 
And then one more thing with summer storm damage. School me a little bit on cavity filling. How often is that something that you guys are doing, and how important is it? Uh, I would say that uh, years ago it was quite an art. It was done a lot. It's not done so much anymore. But the idea behind filling a cavity in is, uh, you notice if you have an open area like that in a tree, what's going to happen? The, the healing tissue just follows the curve of the, of the cavity. So the idea of, of, of filling a cavity, doing that, is to try to give it a flat surface to, to heal across. And that way it can heal across much more quickly. And hopefully what the tree will also do, it will compartmentalize that decay and minimize the spread throughout the tree. We're really trying to give it a, a flat surface, a smooth surface to grow across, to heal over. Otherwise, that, that tissue will just follow the inside of that cavity. I mean, it, it, it's not going to reach across and say, I'm not going to go there. It's, it's going to follow that. So by filling a cavity, the one cavity where you're trying to give it a, a, a surface to heal across, it can do much more quickly. Got a couple minutes left. Let's talk a little bit about planting. Do you think spring is a good time for tree planting? Oh, absolutely. Yep. It's a, I think it's prime time right now to be out there putting plants in, uh, deciduous, evergreen. It uh, doesn't matter. I'm going to think that if you're thinking some of your evergreens like spruces, you're probably going to want to get those soon because once they, uh, once they start pushing out their new growth of candles, and uh, most nurseries are going to not want to dig those at all for you. You have to get them planted beforehand. But, yeah, spring's a great time. One thing I would uh, suggest is uh, be prepared to, uh, if need be, later on do some watering. You get a lot of rain in the spring, but later on, sort you know, get towards the summertime, be ready to get a little, uh, you know, help out the trees if it gets dry out, do some watering. But spring's a great time to plant a lot. I think your availability at nurseries is a lot greater in springtime. Any trouble getting plants? Have you been able to find everything you need, or are we still looking at shortages? Uh, for the most part, been able to get everything we uh uh, we need um, something like uh, the last few years has been a big rush on uh, green giant arborvitae. Yeah. And able to get some of those early on, but they're already sort of getting to be a little bit uh, scarcer in supply. Uh, but as far as deciduous trees, I haven't had any issues with that, had any issues with spruces or those type of things. Um, everything seems to be in decent supply. Um, but I said uh, the, the, the green giant arborvitaes, which everybody loves because <laughs> They're mostly resistant to deer activity. Uh, those are going to get into a little uh, shorter supply, I would say. All right, Miles, hang in there. We'll, we'll get back to you in the next segment. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855 855- Nine eight two eight seven three three. All right, well done, gentlemen. If you have a question for either Miles or Doug, especially when it comes to trees, call us now, 866-391-1020. Next hour, Joe and Frank Dentisi and me. Countdown to Cinco de Mayo, enchiladas, tacos, burritos, and more. All today on the Coons Cooking Hour. Rob Pratt Sunday, KDKA. Good morning. All right, uh, he is Doug Oster. He is Miles Stevens. I'm Rob Pratt. We're back on the Organic Gardener. And what do you say we talk to Paul? Paul, you were on KDKA. How are you? And welcome to the show. I'm doing well. I got a couple of azalea bushes. They're about 30 years old. The first 20 years they bloomed real well, and the last 10 years they have never bloomed. Is there anything we can do to correct that? What do you think, Miles? You got a non-blooming azalea. My guess would be to fertilize. What would you do? Fertilize, and I might have a question: Is it the time of year? Are you pruning these uh, azaleas also? Because you have to be careful the time of year you prune those. But yes, fertilization. Other question might be, 
You know, are there more overstory plants? They're more shaded than they've been in the past. But uh, my first question: Are they pruned, or when are they pruned? Yeah, we prune them uh, whenever they need pruned. They're pretty dense now. They're about four foot by four foot. What time of year do you do your pruning? Is the question. <laughs> whenever there's growth to, uh, that it needs to be shaped. Okay, that's a problem, yeah. Miles. Yeah, what you want to do if you're going to prune your azaleas and rhododendron, anything in that family, you really want to do that pruning as soon as you can after they bloom. If you wait till mid late summer on that what's happening, you're pruning off a lot of your flower buds, so therefore you won't get much, won't get much flowering the next year. Yeah, now we talked about that uh, a little bit this morning, Miles. People don't realize that certain spring bloomers have their buds on them right after they're, they're done blooming. And if you don't get to them right away, you're, you're taking off those flowers, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Another caller. Yes, sir. Let's say hi to Rose. You're on the air with Doug Oster, Miles Stevens and Rob Pratt. How you doing Rose? Welcome to KDK. Good morning guys. Hey Miles. I have a huge Oak on the verge um, of the property uh, between the street and our sidewalk. And we've moved, we've lived here, oh, probably like six, seven years. And we, the, when we first got here, we had to redo the, the uh, sidewalk because of the root of the tree. And again, it's so bad, it needs to be done. I've heard that you, that you guys could actually shave the tree root or without harming the tree. Is that true? Well, you'd want to make a visit. I'd want to make a visit to the site if I was the arborist um, and, and see what impact that might have. Uh, there are times you can prune roots. You know, it may not affect the tree, but that's uh, can be a little bit like playing Russian roulette. You never can be exactly sure of what damage you're going to cause to the tree by cutting roots. You know, it'd certainly be having an on-site type of thing and see you know, uh, how many roots you're going to cut, what, I mean, what all is involved. Uh, I'm always very hes- hesitant. To make any changes to the root structure of a tree uh, because you just don't know what uh, damage you could possibly do and if you do that you may not see the negative results for a couple three five years but uh, really want to take a look at it before you know, want to make any decision on that oh boo-hoo because <laughs> it really is destroyed the it keeps destroying the sidewalk you know uh, people can't go by because it's so huge Okay, thank you for the advice, though. All right, thank you for your call. You're yeah, thank you. Miles, it's really important in just about every tree situation to be on site and to be able to take a look at it. Talk a little bit about the importance of having a certified arborist come to the property because I've certainly learned over the years so many things from having an arborist come and and telling me, okay, that that's got to go this can't this will be fine you know i've had tree i've had trees where I, I i bring my davy arborist over and i'm like i'm really worried about this one he's like oh it just grows that way don't sweat it but this one <laughs> so tell me talk a little bit about your job about going out to different properties yeah i think it's important to have somebody come out a certified arborist come out and take a look because we can you know some of the we can identify you know, situations which uh, may be hazardous that you, don't, you really don't recognize anyway. And also, like you are saying, sometimes you can alleviate a lot of concerns that people have because they think something's absolutely abnormal and there's a problem when actually uh, that is just how the plant grows, whether that's, that's perfectly uh, normal. But, you know, just, uh, you know, when I walk up to a property, walk up to a tree, 
I'm, I walk up the tree. First thing I'm looking at is the base of the tree and checking out the root flare and that type of thing. If there's any, uh, any conch mushrooms, that type of thing. Then you, you sweep up the tree and look at it. But just knowing the species, how it should grow, how it should behave, how it should look is very important. And, you know, so I can get a certified arborist to evaluate that for you. And like I said, I go out sometimes and people are all worried and it's like, you just need a little bit of maintenance or a little bit of help. And that's it. Other situations, I think the tree is fine and you'll, you'll find some conch mushrooms, armor area at the base of the tree and tree needs to go. But it, it's, it's, it's absolutely important to have somebody come out and knows what they're doing and make the proper evaluation on the trees you have, you know, and understand how they grow, or how they shouldn't be to really give you your best advice. You know, when I hear about roots pushing up a sidewalk or constant pruning of plants because they're in the way, it tells me wrong plant for the wrong wrong place. You know, <clears throat> got got about a minute left. It's, it's talk about how important it is to know how big your plant is going to be at mature. Yes, absolutely. It's like, and you see it all the time and, you know, you buy that tree and it's a little three foot thing at the nursery. Oh, that's cute. That'll be nice. That'll be great. And then, you know, later on you, you go out and, you know, 10, 15, 50 years later, and it's a 70 foot tall spruce tree beaten off the gutter. So yes, very important to know, you know, take that into consideration. You know, one thing I always look at and people talk about putting a tree in is okay. Do you have the proper spacing and you have to look at the vertical spacing too do you have utility wires what all else is going on there on the site so in order for that plant to look like like the little picture in the card or what may have with it you need to totally evaluate the site and that's you know horizontally and that's vertically you know and the important evaluation to decide if that is the right tree for the site all right thanks miles for more information about davy tree or to ask what's going on with your trees go to davy.com slash kdka and remember you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Go to DougOster.com. I'm answering any questions we didn't get to today on the show. Also, information to sign up for my free virtual garden classes. Details of this cool Angora Gardens annual plant sale. And you could go to England with me. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.